Hey everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. A sad morning indeed, Liam. A sad morning from a sad episode. I know. Just like in Men in Black 2, it rains because we're sad. <sighs> Big size. Big size. Nick, it's been a little while. Has it? Yeah, it's been I... a few weeks since we've recorded. I can't remember the last time we recorded, so it's like yesterday to me. <laughs> You should get that checked out. Should I? I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. This is JoJo's World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, where we talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. We've been doing it for so long, I don't know how you wouldn't know by now. We've been doing it for so long, I can't remember life before I started doing this. <laughs> so it's like yesterday in a certain yeah, sense. Yeah, it's just like yesterday. Mm. All my troubles seem so far away. Something, get back, something. Jojo. <laughs> get back. Okay, Get Backers is the only anime worth watching, and this is Back Chat. <laughs> Hello and welcome to my Get Backers podcast, Back Get. Why you know, called... I feel like I already had the perfect name. I don't know why you need to gild that lily. No, but why not just have more names? Why not okay. every episode you're getting back a new name? Get Back, Jojo, Back Get, Back Chat, Backslash. Jojo's. Oh, okay, gotcha. This is Jojo's World, and today we watch the 28th episode of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, part 5, Vento Oreo, aka Golden Wind, aka mm. Ugo no Kaze. Uh, that, was, the, that was not correct. Uh, no, that was very wrong. <laughs> we're feeling loose today. We're, you know, I'm feeling great. Yeah. 141st episode of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure as a whole, covering chapters 548. 549 and 550 of the original manga. Ah, ah, ah. Is that just three chapters? That's a prime number. Three. Liam, you've ascended to my level of making <laughs> prime number jokes. Joke is a strong word. Of referencing what a prime number is. Entitled, Beneath a Sky on the Verge of Falling. Duh. That sounds to me like... Some kind of Metal Gear Solid shit. Yeah, I get a Yoko Taro chapter title vibe from it or something. Yeah. Or like a really pretentious Linkin Park song. Or say a really pretentious episode of an anime show. Oh, Oh. I get it now. We have a lot to talk about in terms of the other things we always talk about this week. Why, Liam, whatever could you mean? Well, the Death Stranding review embargo is up. And Um, boy, oh boy, am I excited. As I said, I've watched the one-hour, spoiler-free, Tim Rogers, Kotaku.com review of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I have also read the Heather... I don't know her surname. Campbell, uh, maybe? Uh, Kotaku.com review of it. Okay. Uh, And based on those two pieces of media, my impression is that it sounds like extremely my sort of thing (laughs) in the minute-to-minute gameplay. Uh Uh-huh. But also, as I remarked to you earlier, I can perfectly understand why some people would hate it. Mm. I think... What was the quote that you sent me? Quote Tim Rogers in his video review, um, describing the sort of feel of the... Game Stranding game... The Game Stranding death play. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> what if Breath of the Wild was boring on purpose? What if Assassin's Creed hated you? What if someone made a video game out of John Boyz's 17... Oh, what number is that? It's 17776. 17,776. Yeah, which of course is a sort of multimedia webcomic about space satellites becoming sentient and getting interested in the far future equivalent of American football in a universe where one day everyone just stopped being able to die. 
That's fucking cool. <laughs> it's worth what? checking out. How have I never heard of this? 17,776. That's the year it takes place. Uh, it's ah, a trip. Give it a read, Nick. It's your sort of thing. I'm going to forget, but I will. Um, Death Stranding, you walk through the American Outback. That's what they call it. <laughs> uh, the sweet paddocks of Texas. It's really annoying and you have to fall over on your fat face all the time and drop your briefcases. Uh, hold right trigger to hold a briefcase in your hand. Otherwise, put them all on your back and try not to overbalance. Oh boy. Oh boy. Do you have to hold down the trigger? To yes. Hold- oh my god, yes. I'm so ready um, to play So it. I'm looking forward to that coming out next week. And I'm looking forward to it coming out on PC in seven months. Yeah. Patrons may be aware that we talked about Death Stranding pre-release on our most recent <laughs> Patreon episode mm. for some reason. Nick. I have no idea what you're <laughs> um, talking about. I'd... And I, I, very, I speculated that I wanted a system wherein things were very hard to unachievable unless people pulled their resources mm-hmm. to create infrastructure that would make certain areas navigable. Yeah. And while it doesn't seem like it's the impossible end of that spectrum, it seems like it has achieved my desire on that very hard end of that spectrum where you can you can painstakingly work your way through nigh unnavigable wilderness infested with BTs. Or as an anecdote in the Kotaku.com written review told... Or you can work very hard to set up an elaborate series of zip lines such that those who come after you can have an easier time of it. Mm. And then I'll give you likes. Hey, speaking of our Patreons and navigating through the harsh wilderness of a future setting, this episode is brought to you, Liam, on a level that makes everything we do possible, much like the players in Death Stranding. Oh. Cedar Row. Cedar Row. Is that C-E-D-A-R? It is indeed. That's a wood or something, I think? I believe it's some form of pine. Mm, Yes. Mm. And Cedar Row would be like the name of a street or... That thing that you make and connect for. Or a hotel. Sure. (laughs) Or an abacus. Mm. All of these things can be made out of wood. And an abacus, of course, is a system for measuring numerical values, not unlike the numerical value of financial support (laughs) that Cedar Row has given us, for which we are thankful. Thank you, Cedar Row. Thank you. May your wood be cedar and your limits row-like. And your limits... Limitless, because you took the pill from Limitless that makes you Limitless. Oh. <laughs> um, I have another couple of items of bullshit before we get into JoJo's Keep Bizarre going. Adventure. Keep it up. This is what our show's all about, Liam. Yoko Taro, Japanese <laughs> auteur, creator of the Dragon Guard and Neo franchises. No need for a segue, yep. Was recently interviewed about... 2B, the character, the protagonist character from Near Automata. Ah, I remember her. Her guest spot in Soul Calibur 6 mm-hmm. and the nickname given to her palette swap costume uh, for the Player 2 character in Soul Calibur 6. Mm. Uh, the nickname was 2P, as Weird. in Player 2. Oh, uh, I see. Taro had this to say per an interview, the source of which I do not know. Can I guess what he says? Absolutely. Is it something along the lines of, yes, I think she's very good. Why, thank you. Hello, I'm Yoko Taro. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> and then he just kind of rolls around the <laughs> yeah, wall exactly for a while. that. And then just yells, near automata, near automata, near automata. Not quite. Oh. So I'm just going to quote this directly from uh, this image, recapping this Denkeki PlayStation article via Ryoko, Ryokutia. Okay, sure. Speaking of names... The interview also goes over the nickname of 2P's alternate colour, 2P. 
When asked what the P means, oh, those plosives, <laughs> Taro eventually throws out Panasonic in reference to the electronics company. While seemingly a joke, Taro later concludes that the P does stand for that. <laughs> Quote, It's fine. I mean, they're world famous, he states. So that decides it. 2P's P stands for Panasonic. Additionally, he mentions how Panasonic means every sound and that the word fits the theme of the ending theme from Nia. <laughs> oh, I love Yoko Taro so much. So there's that. Oh. Sorry, let me get this right. Two Panasonic. Two Panasonic. Two Furious. <laughs> so 2B's alternate name in Soul Calibur 6 for her alternate costume is To Every Sound. Yep. Which fits the last song in Nier Automata. Nier, in, in Nier, he said. Oh, So in I don't Nier. know. Ooh. I haven't played Nier old school no, style. neither have I. Ooh. Moving on to our next item of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here we go. We're just gonna... Just a sub-item. Uh... I did some good tweets recently about what if the end of The Rise of Skywalker is like the end of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 2 Battle Tendency. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, check those out. <laughs> um, but in response to our last episode, we got a couple of tweets from, um, first from David Yao, who oh. corrected me when I was trying to remember who had that thing where they held in their pregnancy by sheer force of will. Yeah. Uh, that was the mother of the character Ace from One Piece. Oh. Liam, how could you not remember Because that? the world government were going to kill all the babies who were born in a certain period uh, to make sure that the um, son of Goldie Roger, the pirate king, would not come to adulthood. Okay. Spoilers for One Piece, I guess. I guess. Don't worry, there's plenty you'll, more spoilers. Don't worry, where that came you'll from. forget that in One Piece if you start it now by the time you get up to it because it's a million years long. <laughs> Is it still weekly? I think so. How the hell does he do it? And uh, Mysterious Capitalist got in touch with me <laughs> to say... Well, that sounds mysterious and profitable. Because I keep bringing up uh, how King Crimson and therefore the boss and also Doppio have two faces and mm-hmm. are therefore two-face because they have two halves of the same face. So they should be called one, one face. face. Yep. Uh, this picture from a New 52 DC oh, comic God. in which... A, you remember how at the end of Arkham Asylum, uh, the Joker hulks out? Yes. Uh, Two-Face hulked out like that, being like, Two-Face no longer exists, batty boy. You can call me... One face Get the now. fuck out of here. No. Oh my <laughs> god, why? <laughs> one face. He's got one face. He's got one face. Uh, correcting myself on my own bullshit before, of course, the boss would be two-face and two-face would be one face because he has two halves of one face. Mm, indeed. And now he is indeed one face. <laughs> and of course, why does he when get- the world government were going to... Um, execute Goldie Roger for crimes of being a pirate king. He said, my fortune is yours for the taking, but you'll have to find it first. I left everything in one face. <laughs> Liam, have you gone insane? Yeah. Okay, so our bullshit is real. There is one face. <laughs> there is one face, indeed. But why is it that when he hulks out, he calls himself one face? Don't know. Don't, don't really want to know. <laughs> Uh, and our final item of pre-recap, that's pre-cap uh, discussion. Uh, <laughs> We're going insane. This is, is so loose. Here we go. Uh, if you will do me the honour of shutting up per second. Uh, I don't know this note from yeah. Hirohiko Araki. Ooh. Hit me with it. 
uh, doing this a bit earlier than we would otherwise because we don't have any Jojo Vele commentaries this week, but we will next week. Excellent. And I felt like we didn't really just have enough bullshit to talk about this episode. <laughs> so hit me with this Jojo's thing that's relevant to our normal conversations. From volume 60 of the Jojo's Bizarre Adventure manga, Hirohiko Araki writes, Here is the top five of my favourite toys. Yes! Oh, I love these. Okay. Oh, and this is very also very, very appropriate for this being the week after Halloween too. Oh, Number yeah. one, phosphorescent skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> Parentheses. When it shines at night, it feels like I'm in a fairy tale. What fairy tale? It's <laughs> phosphorescent skeletons in it. Oh, do you remember that part of Snow White where where she's having a spooky where she's, dream? She falls into a deep slumber, and the prince wakes her up by holding a phosphorescent skeleton in front of her. Like, she can only like a be, marionette. She can only be awoken by the tender kiss of a phosphorescent skeleton. Hey, rattle, rattle, rattle. <laughs> Oh, these are all the title of the toy in the description in parentheses. So this I will, pleases me. Yep. I will omit the denotation of parentheses. Okay, okay, all right. Number two, bouncing ball. Hiroko is Araki's number two favourite toy. Bouncing ball. Is this like a steel bouncing ball or just like a bouncing ball? I'm glad ball? you asked. <laughs> this piece of rubber took me into a science fiction universe. <laughs> He's like looking into the ball or going... Or is it like Flubber? It's like Flubber. Everyone's favourite science fiction universe. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Bouncy ball. And then his like door gets kicked in by some rival scientist who's like, we need this for our company. He's like, no, you can't have my bouncy ball. <laughs> sorry, I must correct you there. Bouncing ball. Oh, sorry. His bouncing ball. <laughs> Number three. Oh, God, there's three more. Oh. Resident Evil PlayStation. It's so great. <laughs> it's not a toy. <laughs> it is. Video no. games are toys. No. Video games are media. Video games are toys for stupid children. <laughs> That's right, I said it. That's why we're going to play Death Stranding. But is it art? Is Resident Evil oh, art or is it a toy? I get you now. I understand. What are the themes of Resident Evil? Big, big scary house Corporations bad That's the yes. theme Yep that's the big theme yeah. Main character good Because they're down to earth Overcomplicated Architectural mansion Design bad mm -hmm. Puzzles Doable mm. You can do it Itchy tasty uh, Dogs Can strike at any moment mm -hmm. Sharks Scary Just scary Tyrant, Tyrant. Down with the monarchy <laughs> Other themes may Quite ironic. No, no, not ironic. Appropriate that the last boss, boss of course being derogatory term for controller of labour, uh -huh. is called a tyrant. Tyrant of course being derogatory term for a monarch or ruler. Is that ironic? Given that it, the tyrant is created by a company, an organ of capitalism, I think it's quite apt. <laughs> And this is my, that's right, welcome to my stealth, 141 episodes have led up to this, my stealth Resident Evil 1 thematic analysis essay. Let's go. Jill Valentine. Valentine's. What the is... concept of the day of love. 
But why has it the been master, tainted so? The master of lockpicking. <gasps> the Jill Sandwich. <laughs> the Jill Sandwich? Oh, you don't remember that piece of dialogue? No. You almost get trapped by the descending ceiling that's going to crush you to death. And then Barry comes and saves you and he's like, Wow, Jill, you are almost a Jill Sandwich. Oh, man. Red field. Red. Blood. Roses. Symbol of love. I ship Chris and Jill. Okay. <laughs> what? Wait, Liam, are you okay? Are you having a stroke? Number four. A Thunderbird 2 model. Ooh. Is Thunderbird 2 the one that's big and green? Yes, the big green one that's a sort of cargo carrier. And, of course, the toys usually have a, a detachable midsection. Yes. Be a cargo crate. Oh, so it's, cool. To my mind, the most iconic of the Thunderbirds. Mm. I agree. Take that Thunderbird 1, which I think is maybe a rocket ship. I was thinking one of them was a rocket ship. It was like, why? Are... There's also a submarine. Yep, that's Thunderbird 5? Maybe. Do you want me to look up what the Thunderbirds are? I think I'm going to have a bad time if you don't. Okay. What an interesting episode of our podcast. <laughs> it began with Death Stranding. Now it's going into Thunderbirds. This will be the episode that tests our listeners. If they aren't truly on board for our bullshit, then they will be off board. After half an hour, so Jojo. I mean, if they've gotten this far, you know? If they they've... might understand what the vibe is. What are the, thi the five Thunderbirds? No, that just takes me back to that Wikipedia page. What are the five Thunderbirds? Why do the Thunderbirds say fab? I'll tell you why. It's because they're fab. <laughs> Here's an article from tobaccocontrol.bmg.com Reevaluating gender and smoking in Thunderbirds 35 years on. <laughs> uh, is that a topic that needed writing about? Are we going to have to leave this for our personal assistant, aka the JoJo's World Twitter account? <laughs> no, no, we can solve this. <laughs> Liam, never have there been better famous last words than No, 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 we, we can solve this, alright? 3.6 Rodkin. Not great, not terrible. <laughs> I get that reference. Huh. The series focuses on the head of the organisation, former astronaut Jeff Tracy, and his five sons who pilot the incredible Thunderbird machines. Wait, they're all brothers? Guess so. Oh man, I did not get that. This is a dead end. I mean that both in terms of the research I'm doing and this conversation. How hard is it to find the fucking Thunderbird ships, right? How hard is it to find five vehicles of a fictional universe piloted by the sons of a famous astronaut who are all puppets. Okay, I, that's true. They are all very scary puppets. <laughs> Did they ever move their mouths when they talked? Thunderbird 1 is a hypersonic rocket plane. Sick. It has a machine cannon. Thunderbird 2 is a heavy-duty duty transporter aircraft. Mm -hmm. Yep, big and green. Yep. Thunderbird 3 is the rocket ship. Ah. Thunderbird 4 is the submarine. What's Thunderbird 5? Is it big and white? Oh, Thunderbird, Thunderbird 5 is, of course, a space station, which monitors <laughs> all broadcasts around the globe. Uh, <laughs> it's, Thunderbirds. Uh, Thunderbird 5 is, of course, a tool of the Patriots, <laughs> which uses to monitor our information. We take the big data and we use it for the interests of Us, humanity. Us, Thunderbirds. <laughs> um, great. We did it. We did it. We finally found it out. This is what Hirohiko Araki has to say about the Thunderbird 2 model. Oh, God. <laughs> I love the design, and I find that the container's conception was very clever. I really had the impression I could go anywhere with this. As in with, like, with the literal toy? As in he could take it anywhere, or as in it could take him anywhere? Like, it could take him anywhere because it's a cargo <laughs> plane. plane. But the toy? But it's so transportable. Yes. It the... carries cargo. Oh, how fitting. Number five. Should have done this in reverse order, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't, did no, he? No, but I should have. No, you maintain Hirohiko Araki's words. Okay. Lego or Mega Bloks? 
Yeah. Wait, that's not a toy. That's a brand. I spent whole days assembling and disassembling the piece to make new models. I think that Lego is the Western philosophy in its entirety. I can't disagree with this. <laughs> but I also feel like we don't have time to delve into that any deeper. Oh boy. Can we just, for the next Patreon poll, can we just put these five items down? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Do- yes. Oh, I don't know how we're going to talk for an hour about bouncing ball, but okay. <laughs> oh, we'll find a way, Liam. We'll find a way. Just imagine half an hour dedicated to so I have this bouncing ball look at its construction maybe we'll do like the top two or something yeah alright that's fair so Nick yes beneath the sky on the verge of fall what are you laughing at? <laughs> we just spent 25 minutes talking about random bullshit I don't know what you're talking about that's fair that's fair and just the name is just so like melodramatic. I I was interested in this name because we used to get a lot more names like this um, part back one, in part, part one, two. one, part two. Yeah. Um, and then we sort of defaulted to like you know the name of the enemy, exactly. Name of newcomer, name of Iggy. So I looked into it very briefly. Mm-hmm. As in right now or before? Before. Ooh, Beneath the sky on the verge of falling was the name of the chapter five hundred and fifty of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part Five. Okay. Or part, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure as a whole. Wait, did question? Yep. Do all the chapters have names like this? Most of them are things like you know Echoes Part Two. Okay. Or, all right. Yeah. So it's not just like the anime hasn't chosen no, the cool no. titles. But I think. F- you know, obviously there is no traditional stand battle in this episode. Mm. So, you know, there are still chapters that would have titles like this. Yeah. Here. Um, I'm not sure why. The Jojo Wiki does not provide an explanation. But the original title of this chapter was The Power of Will. Mm. And I'm assuming that is will in terms of like a bequest as opposed to willpower. Because of the stuff we talk about at the end. What Abakio leaves behind. Uh, his will to find the truth that the others find. What if it's both, Liam? What if it's a clever uh, play on words? I don't know if that uh, wordplay would carry through to Japanese, but it's certainly potent in English. Yeah, because I know that Abakio has to muster his willpower to pull it off because before he didn't have the willpower to go against the criminal system, right? Because he took the bribe. Uh, but now he has the willpower to go through with it. He has the power of will. Oh, and I've just found an interesting fact about the yellow flowers that we'll talk about at the end of the episode. Oh, So don't let me forget that. Okay. I will forget. Okay. So where do we begin? Uh, We pick up where we left off, where the conclusion of the battle of Metallica versus King Crimson has just kind of wrapped up. Big Titan boys fitting. They have fought and now... They have both are dying. Yep, they have fought and they have kind of both lost. <laughs> Risotto Nero's all like, yeah. and Doppio's all like, I'm the boss now. Yeah, I'm not Doppio anymore, I'm the boss. <laughs> I'm the boss now, dog. <laughs> they just remind us how Aerosmith and his radar can only see uh, Risotto Nero. So like, oh, I've won because I threw those scalpels over there. You fool, you would have won. But I threw those scalpels because I'm clever and the boss. And Risotto Nero's all like, I would have won had you not thrown those scalpels. Uh, And he collapses on the ground. We get a lot of cutaways down to the guys on the beach being like, but we don't know how many of them are around. Narantia, how many of them are around? Just one, but we don't know how many of them are around. (laughs) But what if there's more? There aren't more. I'm only seeing one, but what if there's more? Pretty much. Uh, so I 
don't I think at the moment Mr. and Jorno are off just like guarding the turtle and doing scouting. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So Bruno sends Abakio to go get started on his grand rewind mm-hmm. uh, 15 years back or whatever. So he, they know that it's sometime in June. They just don't know when. Yeah. Narantia and Bruno are going to go check out that guy that you shot. <laughs> How long will it take you, Abakio? Oh, well, it was 15 years ago. So 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> Great. Do it in five. <gasps> do it in five. What a stressful boss to have. Oh, man. Did you ask for your professional assessment of a task and then tells you to do it faster? Twice to a third as fast. It's like NCIS, the worst workplace conditions. Of course, as I talked about on my other podcast, we recently passed the 15 year anniversary of that NCIS scene where they type on the same keyboard. Oh man, so dumb. <laughs> I, um, I've got a, like, a glimmer of an NCIS episode that was like airing just on TV because dad was just flicking through some channels. That show is dumb. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> so the boss is looming over Risotto Nero, holding his severed foot. And he's just like, now think about this, Narantia. If he was just shot by a little bomber, there would be nowhere else No, for... no, those guys aren't there yet. Never mind. <laughs> no, um, the boss is like, well, Risotto Nero, I won. That's pretty much pretty it. Pretty much <laughs> it. So I know you hate me and you're going to die, but... Give me my blood back. How about you give me all that iron yeah. so I can run away? And Rosado Nero just goes, how about you go fuck yourself? I respect you because you're the leader of the Hitman team. Thank you. And you made it this far. So give me my blood back. Rosado Nero just goes, how about I die? Yeah, because he's like, if you give me my blood back, pretty please, I'll kill you now so you don't have to bleed out shamefully in front of Bruno Bucciarati, the man who killed the rest of your team. Mm. And uh, Rosario Nero responds with, how about I die? Grabs the boss. Yep. Pulls him in into like a, a deadly embrace. And he just goes, how about I die not alone? Oh. Big plan boy here. That's me. I'm Big Plan Boy, the leader of the Hitman team. <laughs> so his idea is that when he got shot up real bad, his flecks of skin and like all the little viscera that went everywhere mm-hmm. landed on Little Bomber. Aerosmith. Aerosmith. <laughs> I really don't like Little Bomber and Zipper Man. <laughs> um, so they landed on Aerosmith and uh, would you believe it, but Aerosmith is, he's a metal contraption. Oh, he's an aeroplane. He's, he's a plane. So... Metallica can just control him. Donk him up real bad. We like briefly see Narantia going, hey, something weird's going on with Little Bomber. Aerosmith. Aerosmith. I, I don't know if he's being controlled or if he's attacking him. Yeah, neither do I. So Narantia is like, oh, Aerosmith is being attacked. Better shoot and kill that guy who's just slowly bleeding out. Yeah. He starts shooting away because he stands on Aerosmith and is now pointing at yeah. the embracing... Rosado Nero and the embraced the boss yeah. Doppio. So the boss slash Doppio is getting shot, but then everything just goes. The bullets pass harmlessly through the boss, and then harmfully through Rosado Nero, yeah, shooting up his face real bad. So of I think course, King Crimson can erase time. Yeah, and so he undid the causality of the moments where the bullets were passing through his body, and then with a, a lot of precision. Uh, Too much precision. Because those bullets are, of course, not all passing through at the same time, but would be very close behind each other because this is a sort of Gatling gun we're talking about. Yeah. 
So he sort of phases out of existence and then all the bullets just go through Rosado Nero. Leaving the boss to crawl away like a An dying, dying animal. Yeah. Still no iron in his blood. So concern. Mm-hmm. The good guys come up, Bruno, and... They're all like, hey, there's this dead guy here. Mm. Bruno's like, yes, but whoever killed him can't be far away. Naranchi is like, um, hello. I shot him. I killed him. I get the experience points, please. Bruno's all like, no, you shot him, but you weren't in death fight with him. Look at his foot. It's been cut off. It hasn't been burnt off like the bullets of your Aerosmith would do. Hmm. There must be someone else limping away nearby. Maybe it could be another killer. Maybe they got into a scuffle. They didn't expect to be in a scuffle because they thought they were so good. They were arrogant, confident. Yes, it must have been this way. Pretty much. And Naranch is like, no, I shot him. It's like, no, there must be another. He's hiding his breathing somehow. Go and signal to Jorno and the others and uh, get them to go guard Abakio and look for any breathing. Let's go fuck some shit up. Meanwhile, the boss is like, such a shame for me to suffer such shame here in Sardinia, my home. (laughs) Ah, my resting place for so many years. The shame of these events brings me shame. (laughs) For shame. How shameful. And then he eats a frog. So I think he's trying to just get his iron back by eating the frog. He wants the blood and the meat and the iron. Yeah, I also briefly thought to myself that he was just going to have a phone call. Oh, yeah. Just, Hello, Doppio. I must die now. Take my body with you. So when he, like, picks up and is just eating it, he's like, right, let's get some work done. Let's go kill an Abakio. Yeah. So meanwhile, Jorno and Mr. come onto the top of the cliff and they're like, oh, Abakio's down there. He's not started his replay yet. He's still searching. Great. I mean, that's let's go do something else. All gone to plan. But where are Bruno and Naranch here? Mm. Hmm. Mm. How odd. So then we get... Oh, um, Abakio's like, so I'm at like June 25th. It's got to be around here somewhere. Some some soccer kids come nearby. And also what else comes nearby is <gasps> ominous storm clouds. <laughs> the soccer ball gets kicked between the children as the clouds cover the sun. <laughs> Meanwhile... Narantia is checking the breathing. He's like, oh, so many animals, all these tourists. It's just, ugh. what do I do, Bruno? And Bruno's like, okay, the animals are fine because when they get scared, they go into their burrows or some bullshit. And the tourists are just doing their own thing. Look for the faint breathing of someone who's running away from us. So is like, hmm, I guess I can try that. Oh, I did it. Oh, look, that was over easy. that way. What do you know? They do some tactical stealth action. They sneak up to some rocks. Bruno does a hand signal. Yep, he does some classic, like, breach and clear hand signals. And he basically tells Narantia to get the high ground. Narantia jumps onto a rock. Yep. Don't know why he needs to do that to have a good vantage point, because his stand is, of course, an (laughs) aeroplane. Didn't think about that, but yeah, that's a good point. Bruno's like, hey, I'm going to kill you in three seconds. If you don't want to fight, come out now. Oh, because they see some tiny shoes, just like... Vaguely behind a rock. And it looks like they're crawling behind this boulder. Yeah. And uh, Bruno's like, I'm going to kill you in three seconds if you don't come out from behind that boulder. Looks at his watch. One, three. I'm going to come kill you now. Sticky fingers. Punches the rock. Zips through it. Narantia goes, oh my God. (gasps) Cut away. Abakio's all like, 
what is wrong with these kids? And we said, I don't know, I don't know if you noticed, mm-hmm. but I, with my foreknowledge, definitely noticed at this time that one of these kids had bright pink hair with like an interesting swoosh shaved into Ooh. it. I did not notice. Uh, so the kids are playing soccer. Their ball gets stuck in a tree. And the kid with the pink hair has his back to us as he is holding up the kid who is trying to reach the ball into the tree. And they're mm. all scanning each other like, don't throw rocks at it. I'm trying to reach. And they're just arguing. And he's like, hey, can you kids go play somewhere else? I'm trying to somewhere with do some base. Trying to do some magic bullshit over here. Where I'm not at any point. We're trying with our ball stuck in a tree. Fine, I'll go help. So he reaches up. Pops the old ball out. Meanwhile, what's behind that boulder? <gasps> the boulder from earlier with Bruno on Narantia? Yeah. Why, it's some random kid. He's in a bad way. Yeah, his lips have been sewn shut with a shoelace. And he's his clothes are missing. He's lost a lot of blood. And his wrist has been slit. And it looks like he's fucked. Yep. He's just completely fucked. So they leave him there. And they're like, why is there some kid who's lost a lot of blood? With a slit wrist behind a boulder. Meanwhile, all the soccer kids are running by Abakio being like, Thanks, mister. Thanks, mister. Thanks, mister. And yeah, this is... (laughs) Is it... Hang on. It's more like, thanks, man. Thanks, man. Thank you, Abakio. Yeah. (laughs) Um... Tiny the boss, so I, so Doppio, I guess. I guess, yeah. Runs by, and then a big crim- King Crimson arm just cacuines through Abakio's chest. We get the coolest rip-out anime moment, where it's, it goes from, like, a big, like, silhouette hand to the colours of King Crimson's arm, mm-hmm. and then it zooms out slowly, and we see Abakio's back with, like, a giant hole with the arm sticking out. Yep. And then King Crimson just... Rips it out. Yep. Doppio keeps running, but turns as he's moving and like inflates with like a sound into the boss. <laughs> like a balloon. Like, I got you, fam. <laughs> Luck's on my side today, big boy. Nothing beats coming home. Luck is truly on my side. Anyway, bye. Abakio sits down on the rocks near where the soccer game was as that continues in the background and the light fades out of his per- his beautiful purple and orange eyes. <laughs> and uh, he just collapses there and everything the sort of goes face, to... The face of Moody Blues, like fragments and shatters. And like crumbles in on itself. Yep. Then we cut to a nice sort of... Add rest. Oh yes, that too. <laughs> but like a sort of calm restaurant scene. Everything is sort of very washed out and grey for symbolism. Ooh. Um, and Abakio is currently nibbling down on some spaghetti. Some delicious spaghetti al Nero di Seppia. And I went, oh, it's a flashback. Oh, yeah, so you said that out loud. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Nick. Oh, oh. That would make too much sense. <laughs> What a grand and intoxicating innocence. A dying thematic flashback? No, I think not. (laughs) Not here, in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. He hears a noise and he looks under his tablecloth and there's a man down there. A police officer of sorts. Picking through the trash. There's a whole bunch of like broken bottles. Mm. And uh, he's like picking them up one by one and examining them. We never get a good look at this guy's face. And everything's grey and very sort of noir. And Abakio is just there being like, Excuse me, are you quite alright down there? I'm trying to enjoy my spaghetti here and you're making all this noise. Oh, sorry, I'm just doing my job. Um, Sorry to bother you, please go back to your meal. There was a robbery across the road last night and a man was struck in the head with a bottle and we never found the shards of that bottle. 
so I'm looking for it. Especially the bit he was holding for fingerprints. Okay, and he goes back up, and then it's like in one of those moments of, I don't have to explain this. Actually, it's gonna bother me if I don't. Yeah. He's just like, he goes back up, looks at his spaghetti, and then goes, You know, you know while we're talking. You know, I mean, I, I was like you once. I remember the times when I was like you. When you What know. are you gonna do if you don't find the fingerprints? Or even worse, if you do find them, and the guy hires, quote, a crafty lawyer, and it gets him off. What do you do? What do you do then? Well, you know, it's more about the process and not the results for me, you know? If you're only worried about the results, you're gonna start taking shortcuts. And when you take shortcuts, you lose sight of the truth. Abakio then has a, the truth? The truth. Oh, of, of course, um, I would be remiss if I didn't make the L.A. Noir clue noise in response to him looking at all you these You literally did make that sound when we were watching. <laughs> yes. Boop, boop. Inconclusive. Doubt. See, I don't know. We always talk about this, but that's not really the same thing that's going on here. What, doubt? You don't doubt the things you look at. No, you doubt the person you're talking oh, so to. Oh, so Obakio is doubting him. Exactly, yeah. Like, the truth? Doubt. Sometimes you've got to shake the tree to see what falls out. I don't know if you're really looking for fingerprints so much as uh, looking for recyclable glass. Is that right? I know that you're a, an up-and-coming police officer. I just want to note that one of my notes here has auto-corrected to Not true, Abakio. Your skinny creature. <laughs> I mean, really, we, we've we all won here. They're all kind of skinny creatures. Except for Polpo. Yeah, Polpo's more of a dead creature now. Mm. He was more of a sofa bed. I envy you, nameless police officer. When I was young, I wanted to be a police officer. Since I was a kid, I wanted to be a great police officer who believed in justice. And I used to think like you, but I messed up. Because I suck and I'm worthless. No, 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 Abakio. Calm it down. You don't suck. You're not bad at all. In fact, I'd say you've done a good job. You have the will. The will to find the truth. And that even now resides in your heart. Abakio. <gasps> Abakio just goes, how do you know my name? Have we met? And then he starts walking away. Where are you going? I'm going to take that goddamn bus. I just remembered. I'm going to get back to my comrades. I need to go now. But my Abakio. My needs me. <laughs> But Abakio, don't you remember? You came here on that bus. Abakio turns around. This and is like, the last stop. <gasps> I know you. And in this moment, upon this realisation, the sun breaks through the clouds and all light returns to the scene. <laughs> Colour comes back to everyone's faces. Yep. The scene is set. Symbolism. What does it mean? It means he's achieved inner peace and clarity of his current situation. And he's like... Oh shit, it's you. My partner, who died when I took that bribe. What? But I was weak. I... How... Why are you here? You're dead. Oh. Oh, so am I. Oh, ghosts are canonical. Meanwhile, back in Sardinia, everyone, everyone is, is sad. sad. <laughs> <laughs> They're all like... Abakio is just lying on a, a stone block, I guess, mm -hmm. with a big hole in him. Jorno's like over him being like, how could I have missed this? No, I can't. He's got a big old hole in him. We're too late. There was a good shot um, as we come back to this, which I assume is of Abakio's dead slash dying perspective of the sky in a sort of like round fisheye lens. Mm, and it's just really eerie. Yeah. Uh, everything's grey because the sky is overcast here. Everyone is really sad. Mister, it just refuses to talk. He's yeah. just looking Does he somewhere. say anything in this whole scene? No. 
It's brutal. Yeah. Narantia is like, go on, Jorno, heal him. You can make a new heart, Jorno. is just doing that thing where he crouches next to his body and like his face is all in shadow. And he's like, how could I have missed this? It's too late. And Narantia's like, no, he's going to wake up. He's going to wake up. You're probably just not trying hard enough, Jorno. Don't make me kick your face in. Bruno's all like, Narantia, that's enough. He's gone. Go and scout the area, Narantia. What? If there's someone around, I'll freaking kill him. Yeah. Yeah, shut up, Narantia. Scout the area. No, I refuse. Jono can bring him back. We're fine. And Everything's like, fine. He's like making a big fuss and all the sad adults are walking away. <laughs> he's all like, come on, guys. We have to, we have to help. And there's like this swelling orchestral sad music playing this whole time. And the sunlight starts breaking through the clouds. And we get all these like god beams of light. Mr. literally is like, <laughs> for the whole thing. Um, he just refuses to look at the dead Then Abakio. as the sun breaks through the sky over Abakio's face, like we see that he looks to be at peace mm. uh, and cut to like a sort of weird one quarter shot of Narantia's face where we just see like the left side of his cheek and below his eyes as tears start to run down it. And he's like, no, 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 not, not Abakio. No, not Abakio. <laughs> <laughs> he was the best of us. <laughs> Bruno walks away, uh, looking down. He bites, he bites his lips so hard that it starts bleeding immensely. Which is a hard task for him because he is a walking corpse. <laughs> he is struggling to bleed at the best of times. Yep. In this moment of grief and true mourning, is he more alive than he has been since he died? Ooh. Yeah, probably. And he's like, we can't just leave him here all alone, is Narantia. And everyone else is being quiet. We can't just leave Abakio. Oh, come on, we're leaving. And then he like, Narantia eats shit and falls flat on his face in the dirt and screams in anguish. He's all like, he's not dead. Everyone walks away. Sunlight's dappling the beach. And Jorno remains around the corpse. Boop, boop. What is this in his hand? Ah, inconclusive. <laughs> <laughs> End of series. <laughs> this piece of rock, this must mean something. Abakio didn't just pick up pieces of rock. He doesn't just hold on to sentimental rock. I'm gonna use my magic to turn it into a ladybird. So he's all like, return go. where you came go. from. Go, go back where you came from. We don't want you anymore. Get out of here. The, uh. the ladybug burrows deep into the earth. <laughs> No, it flies on over to the Costa Smeralda plinth that's there. Ah. And they look at the rear side of it. And what do you know? There's a big gaping maw in the shape of a face. Yeah. Uh, and we surmise that in his last moments, Abakio did that thing where Moody Blues takes on the form of the person it's recording. Mm -hmm. And then, I guess, just headbutted that rock super hard. It's like there are two handprints on either side. Mm. And it's just clearly gone... All in. Smashed its face into the rock. Which is... Hardcore. Fuck. Yeah. This is the boss's face. We did it. Abakio did it in his dying moments. And then back in the afterlife. I guess Abakio's... Purgatory. Ooh. You did it, Abakio. You, you left behind the message they needed. And they'll carry your will, finding the truth into the future. And now... You die. But I'm already dead. <laughs> and then he's in the sky and they're walking away. Uh, and w as we're panning up to that sky shot, we see that where his body was laying on that stone plinth is like a big mess of like beautiful golden flowers. 
What's the deal with those golden flowers? Why, Nick, I'm glad you asked. Oh, no. I happen to see a bit of trivia on the JoJo wiki page for this. For some reason in the manga slash anime differences. Hmm. Oh, because this was added for this scene in the anime, this flower bed. Wait, so this wasn't in the manga? Well, I suppose it's harder to communicate the golden flower symbolism through black Black and and white white. manga. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yep. A flower bed is added at the end in place of a Bakio's body. According to director Hideya Takahashi, the bed consists of yellow sultans, which translates to strong will. This refers to a Bakio's will to seek out the truth, as described by his late partner. Well, well. Or should I say, will, will. That's right. I had the will to commit to that joke. (laughs) Apparently there's also a scene in the manga where Mr.'s like, oh, now we have the boss's fingerprints as well. Oh, okay. So it's just like, in the anime, it's like, yes, now we can find the boss. In the manga, yes, now we can find the boss. Oh, and we have his fingerprints. Yeah. Um, and that's the end of the episode. Whew. God damn. So, Nick. Yeah. Good fucking app. Yeah. Hot diggity damn. What are our highlights and lowlights for this one? My highlight is probably the bit directly after Abakio's death, where... All the dudes mm. are sad. The manly tears scene. The manly tears I, I was thinking that myself. It is so good. Yeah. It's weirdly, like, powerful, yeah. considering. Absolutely. Because, like, the whole show, when you think about it, has basically devolved into, I'm going to fight a guy. Mm. But, like, there's enough characterization between them that you're like, oh, and they had bants and fun times I, together. I, I, Obviously, Narantia having his meltdown is very Narantia, but mm. even though the other three guys are, st- are just kind of being like stoic and manly, I feel like they're all doing it in their own way. Yeah. Like, Mr. Rue is just like disengaging from the whole situation because mm. he doesn't like dealing with things that make him unhappy. Yeah. Uh, Bruno is like being all about the mission. Giorno's like, I can find a solution. Yeah, he's just, just like staring be at the body the whole time, being like, can I do this? Yeah. Can- is there more I can do? Yeah. Brutal, man. Yeah. It's brutal. Either that or the old chest rip. (laughs) Could I bring him back like I did Bruno? (laughs) (laughs) Could I create a zombie army? Hmm. I also just want to give like um, a a honourable mention to Risotto Nero's final gambit, even though it didn't work. Like you've got to respect his commitment to to his cause. I think the only reason he didn't win is because Mm. Doppio saw the future and was like, oh, well, I can see what's going to happen now. Truly, we lost two great men this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Risotto Nero. No longer at large. No. Oh, now he's growing smaller into the uh, the rear distance. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Sure. Still. Low yep. lights. Um, why did they leave the kid? Yeah, I think, I think we're in sync on our highlights and lowlights well, for like, this I, one. I get, like, the kid is there... But why... Okay, I understand. He sewed his mouth shut and then, like, ran off. Right? That makes After sense. After drinking a heap of his delicious, delicious child blood. Yeah. He was hopped up on child blood and he's like, now I'm ready to go kill a Bakio. Yeah. Just kind of weird. Just really... Just really odd. And none of the other kids noticed that that wasn't their friend. Exactly. It was, it was like... Okay. Some twink. <laughs> some twink. Yeah. Some random fucking twink who's all like, hey, kids, you heard about soccer? Like, who <laughs> yes, you we're Italian. Man? What do you think? <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe he can just change his body shape at will. Mm. Who knows? But yeah, it just seemed weird that it's like he can fit in with these kids. He somehow magically got his blood back by drinking someone else's blood. Well, he had his blood. He just needed more iron, of course. Yeah, but like... It takes it time. Yeah, it takes time. And it's like, it doesn't just get in there. Apparently unless, it does. Unless he was like, 
I'll slit my wrist if you slit uh, yours. Vein on vein quick, action. Quick transfusion. Exactly. Just weird. Just really odd. But, eh. I also have another sort of meta low light, but I'm going to speak on that post-prediction segment, I think. Ooh, okay. All right. Very well. Nick! Huh? What? <laughs> funny, funny that I just mentioned the prediction segment. Is it? Why is it funny? Well, um... There's nothing funny about my prediction. Sadly, sadly we did lose uh, Risotto Nero and Debacchio this episode. Indeed we did. But our friends, Giorno Giovanna, Bruno Bucciarati. I know him personally, yep. Uh, Guido Mister. Ooh, went on a boat trip with him. Narantia Gerga. Yep. Unless we forget Trish Una and, of course, Mr. President. <laughs> ah, yes, with his stand, Coco Jumbo. Or maybe it's the other way around. No one knows. <laughs> no, the identity, or at least the face... Of the boss, mm. who is still in the general area. <laughs> Somewhere. Somewhere out there. What will happen next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, part 5, Vento Oreo, episode not 28.5 Destino, the recap episode. Wait, not that one, because I would get that 100%. But oh, episode 29. Destination Rome, the Colosseum. Oh my god, it's the Colosseum again. Alright, there are these chariots and this big beefy motherfucker. That was not the Roman Colosseum. Wasn't it? That was in like the Swiss Alps. Was it? Yeah. Was that pre or post hotel? That was after they went to the ski resort where Caesar sadly yeah, met but, his face. Yeah, but I thought they met in Rome at the Colosseum. They, well, they went through the mouth of truth to the secret Nazi archaeological dig. Yeah, but then didn't they go, I guess it was... There the was Rome? some vaguely Colosseum-like architecture. I guess so. Yeah, all right, never mind. Destination Rome. The, the Colosseum. Colosseum. Okay, here's what's going to fucking happen. They're going to use the internet oh. to try and find this guy's face. Reverse Google search. Exactly. They're going to find nada. And then they're going to go, hey, Trish, do you remember this guy's face? We happen to take a photo. Oh, that <laughs> reminds us of a Bakio. Oh, now we're sad. Trish is all like, I didn't really know a Bakio. Which that one well. was a Bakio? He was the one that isn't here. Was right he now? the one with the sort of cheese, uh, Swiss cheese suit? Ah, uh, no, that was Fugo. <laughs> yeah, okay. But who was a Bakio then? Um, so <laughs> who's flying the plane? <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe they will like go off Trish's sort of hunch of like. Oh, I remember that face. Yeah, I remember it from Rome. We went to the Colosseum ten years ago. Ah. Or something like that. And they'll go, they've shaved five years off their timeline. Yeah. Or maybe someone will have recognised that face and they'll go, how interesting. Or maybe mm -hmm. maybe they'll get in touch with another member of uh, uh, a drug trade so person. So they decide to head to Rome. For some reason. For some reason. And what happens there or on the way there? There are approximately 11 episodes remaining. Now, if we consider, how many are there left? One, two, three, four, five people are alive. Oh, you think our friends are going to get picked off one by one? I think so, 100%. Will it be the boss each time or will it be his, like, elite circle? Ooh. And more, more to the point, what order? Okay, Mister's got to go first. Okay, he's the least important remaining one. Yeah, I think, well, he's been close enough to death now that maybe they won't get picked off one by one. Maybe it'll just be one big hit where Jorno's like, and now I have to step it up for my friends who are no longer with me or something. The only one who's still with me is Bruno Bucciarati, who is also dead. <laughs> so maybe it will be... 
okay, maybe they'll just run to Rome, be like, okay, Rome, we have a safe house. Uh-huh. That's like a secret safe house where we can start researching. We can do some research. Yep. But then they get followed, shadowed, if you will, oh. by a man whose power will undoubtedly have something to do with shadows. Sure. Okay. I don't know why, but hey, yep. maybe that'll have something to do with it. They'll fight. They'll fight. Uh, it'll take two episodes. Someone will die. I don't know if they will yet. Okay. One person will die and it won't be Mr. Yet. Okay. I think. It could be Mr. Could be Coco Jumbo. No. <gasps> he was the best of us. <laughs> maybe, maybe that key. Did that key ever come into play? That's how they get into the turtle. No, no, no. I mean like the key, like as an actual physical key. No, the key unlocks the turtle. No, but like physically. No, there's no lock that the key fits. Okay. But what if there is? What if there's a safe house? Okay. Like in Rome. And the, the key unlocks it. Exactly. What if? What if they thought that far ahead? Ah. Uh, otherwise, it's just going to be a stand battle. Yep. Um, at a Colosseum. Or it might just be one of those episodes that's them being like, what just happened? Mm. And so how will they use the boss's face to unearth the identity of the boss? Well, the weird thing is that Doppio clearly just walks around. Yep. Being all like, I'm Doppio. I'm from someplace else. And everyone goes, all right, let's take advantage of this stupid stupid fucking idiot. idiot. They will, maybe they'll find Doppio's face and go, that's the boss? Like online somewhere. Oh yeah. Or maybe they still have access to the boss's network. You know, like a computer system. Yeah, maybe. So maybe they'll use that and be like, hmm, his face isn't coming up, which means we must be close. All right. Something along those lines sure. of like using the interwebs. That's, that's pretty or... comprehensive. Yeah. Can I gripe at you now? Oh, please. Figuring out what the boss looks like oh. doesn't really come into play at all going forward. Really? Really. How so? Are we saying... I can't that... tell you, but that's all I can say. Are you telling me that it's not a matter of them going to the boss? It's more like... We either stumble upon the boss or the boss is actively like, I need to murder them now. Those are both options. I see. I see. God, I love this fucking show. <laughs> we were talking about this before. It's been a couple of weeks since we recorded. And like coming out back to this franchise with fresh eyes, we watched the opening and like the first three minutes and we're like, God, this is fucking good. <laughs> it's like when you take a little break and you're like, ooh, this rules. Oh, yes. Um, but that sucks. Uh <laughs> So Abakio died for nothing. Abakio had a meaningless death and the entire scene is ruined. Yep. Fugo remains at large. Fugo remains at large. We'll never see him again. <laughs> Rosetta yeah. Nero, sadly, no longer at large. Now he simply returns from small. And the Hitman team has been defeated. Dead for a while now. Achievement unlocked. So are they all dead? Yep. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, the snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that uh, Laptop Boy didn't get killed, but he did. He got eaten oh. by a snake. Eaten by a snake? <laughs> eaten by a snake. Man, that was a hungry jaw. <laughs> All right. I am going to put down those five toys as the poll for the Patreon list, which is at www.patreon.com slash well. Just plugging that in there. Yep. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us with big pictures of one face <laughs> or respond to my good tweets about if... Uh, Super Palpatine cuts off uh, Ray's hand and then she holds out Han's dice to amplify the blast of force he's shooting at her, causing the Death Star to explode. Ooh. Then uh, check out us at JoJo's Podcast on Twitter. Yep, that's us. <laughs> yep. Until next time, to, to be, be continued. continued.
リーベ・デルチ。